Until We Get By, by Small Fall Order, from freemusicarchive.org. Welcome to the Vermont Movement News, Volume 1, Episode 10. This episode will hear an interview with Asma Elhouni, who was involved in the deplatforming of anti-Muslim activist Robert Spencer, from not one, but two venues. The effort also indirectly caused the firing of a right-wing radio host. After the incident, I will read several emails between various actors in this incident, including Asma debunking a local representative's view on the Spencer debacle. Be aware that some religious language will be used in the emails. Asma works for the local interfaith organization, so there's ministers involved. So be aware. Welcome, everybody. This is Asma Alhuni from uh, United Interfaith in uh, the White River Junction area. She's uh, been instrumental in a campaign to deplatform a uh, bigoted speaker uh, named Robert Spencer, and uh, she's been involved with many uh, efforts to stop ICE cooperation with police. Welcome, Asma. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Can you tell me a little bit about what happened with the speaker in New Hampshire, Robert Spencer? Um, Yeah, sure. Uh, So do you want me to tell you who Robert Spencer is? Yes, yes. Yeah, um, Robert Spencer is um, well-known within the Muslim organizing uh, community, and he's uh, well-known to make money off of uh, being an Islamophobe. Um, the Southern Poverty Law Center, which monitors hate groups, has called uh, Robert Spencer one of the most prolific anti-Muslim figures in the United States and also um, mentions that uh, he was mentioned more than 60-some times in a manifesto of a Norwegian white supremacist who's killed over 60 uh, Muslims. So um, 
he's actually a very dangerous man and his ideology of of hate towards the Muslim community uh, is quite dangerous. So he's got quite a body count. Yes, indeed. How did you find out he was coming to New Hampshire? Uh, yes, yeah, somebody sent me an email um, telling me if I was aware that this man was coming to New Hampshire. And um, right away when I saw the name, I was um, very alarmed and and wanted to confirm that that he was, in fact, coming. Um, and um, I did confirm that he was invited to Grantham by um, the Republican Party, uh, specifically uh, a man by the name of Keith Hansen. Uh, who is the, I believe, the president or the director of the Republican, uh, Sullivan County Republicans, I believe. He's, I believe he's a radio show host or was? Yes, that is correct. Um, Keith Hansen, uh, was a radio show host. Um, he's been hosting for a good four years and, uh, he has been recently fired, uh, due to the same reasons why we were trying to stop uh, Robert Spencer from coming. Um, he was verbally attacking people who were questioning uh, his his decision to bring about a very dangerous man that's viewing hate. And he went um, and all out attack on those who asked him why he's bringing him and saying some really horrible things to those who reached out to him. And so he was recently fired. What were the venues that he obtained? Uh, oh, yeah. So in Grantham, uh, I kind of forgot. It was a it's, a, it's a golf club, I believe. That's where he was going to speak. Uh, and then in, uh, once we were able to mobilize and create, uh, some sort of awareness around who was going to come into the community, uh, then they basically decided that, oh, we can't have this here. This can be dangerous for our community, specifically because a Muslim woman said, I'm terrified um, this is happening in my backyard and uh, this man is coming. It's hard enough being Muslim um, in this country, being a minority um, and having to constantly um, dispel the stereotypes about our community, but having someone like this come in to further create hardship for the Muslim community is, is not something that that um, should happen or something that she needs to worry about. And so um, people uh, mobilized and started calling and saying, well, how could we bring such a man in? The next thing we hear is that it's been canceled. The event has been canceled. Then the next thing we know is that there's a new venue, and this time in Claremont. Uh, and so I, I find it interesting because... Um, it wouldn't have been Claremont residents going to this. Um, it's, it's, it would have been the same crew, yet it, going to Claremont, which, um, as we know, Claremont is a, uh, is a community that is dealing with its own recovery of uh, racist events recently. Um, it, and uh, many people are uh, trying to address poverty in Claremont. So when we talk about going from um, an affluent community like Grantham and then finding a venue in Claremont um, that just uh, speaks to how um, people like this abuse those who are already struggling their communities by making use of uh, their community in order to host their their horrible events. Um, But we wouldn't have that in that uh, people can also be mobilized in Claremont. And uh, that's exactly what we did. Um, we uh, asked for people to call the Elk Club, which was the place that was going to to host this event. And to be honest, uh, when I called, uh, the first thing that she told me after I mentioned to her, this is really scary, this man is really scary, very, very dangerous and could potentially cause violence or cause people to commit violence against uh, others because of the hatred he spews against a group of people, in specific Muslims. That's where he targets, like the target group of people. And so basically uh, he... Uh, after they, after I mentioned that this man is dangerous, they told me, oh, we don't do politics. And I mentioned, this is very political, like for you to allow this man to come into 
your club, the Elk Club, uh, that's a that's a political statement. So if you're trying not to be political and the woman hung up on me uh, while I was talking and would not answer after I called again. But it seems like I put out a call through my email listserv, uh, especially in particular people in Claremont. And so we had pastors and and people living in Claremont and also in the Upper Valley call and say, you know, this is really disturbing. Do you know who this man is? And then shortly after the woman said, no, I, I apologize. We do not. We did not know who this man is, and we just offered the venue thinking it's a fundraiser, not knowing who was coming. Was he dishonest in how this – was Mr. Hansen dishonest about how he booked these venues? Because I understand the, the Grantham Golf Club has had uh, trans speakers and stuff like that there. Is, is that, was that part of the, how this uh, went down? I, I think, to be fair, um, I don't know what he actually told the venue when booking, but uh, what we do know is that Robert Spencer is indeed um, very dishonest. Uh, and in the past, he's written about me, so I can go from at least the experiences I've had with him. Um, and so uh, one of the things he tries to do is to say that, um, that Muslims uh, are trying to spread Islam in the United States and trying to take over, and so that we should be very weary of Muslims, and they're trying to spread Sharia, which um, he has no idea what that is. Um, he's just uh, a self-learned hater that is trying to promote hatred. Uh, and so in the past, when we changed policy in a jail in Atlanta, he wrote an article about me and where I worked and basically said I purposely got arrested in order to change policy, which is absolutely not true. So going to your question, has he been dishonest? Um, yes, he is very dishonest. Um, and he basically looks for stories um, and then pulls them in and puts them in his jihad watch to scare people of Islam and Muslims. So, so when we're talking about racism here, yes, he's a racist, uh, but racist that is motivated by um, capitalism. So his whole thing is making money off of um, scaring people from um, Islam and Muslims. So he makes a lot of money with these speaking tours? Oh, yeah. That's his whole thing. This is a a money-making machine for him. And um, uh, the CARE, the Council on American-Islamic Relations, which he deems is a terrorist organization, which is absolutely not. It's just one of the biggest civil rights organizations for Muslims in the United States. Um, they, they have um, made a chart, and they tr- also track uh, Islamophobes, uh, which some people, like Suad Kibir, call um, – anti-Muslim racist because sometimes when you hear the word Islamophobia, you're not linking it to racism. And it's important that people know that Islamophobia is, in fact, um, racism. It's not just um, uh, about religion, but it's also about race. Uh, And so um, they have uh, in their research, um, they have him every year uh, and he's making uh, millions of dollars off of creating hate uh, against the, the Muslim community. So Keith Hansen, did did he was he participating in not telling the truth to these venues? Do you know what happened with that, or was that why he was fired because he he uh, put the uh, nonprofit status of uh, the Elks Club in danger? Is that what happened, or do we know what really happened with that? Uh, to tell you the truth, I don't know. Um what exactly it was that that caused the radio station to ultimately decide it's in their best interest to remove Keith Hansen from the radio um, talk show. Uh, but what we do know is that uh, it's Keith Hansen who was doing all the legwork to bring Robert Spencer to New Hampshire. And what we do know is that when he was questioned um, he was using the same tactics that Robert Spencer uses, um, being very rude um, and and just very derogatory to those who uh, would um, question why it is that he's bringing such a hateful um, and dangerous um, uh, and violent speaker to New Hampshire. And so uh, you can possibly like read some of the things. In fact, the the Last Valley News had an article. Um, where the governor actually um, 
uh, criticize what he was saying to people. And the the governor said it was disgusting and inappropriate what um, Keith Hansen was saying um, in regards to responding to the comments made on social media um, about bringing this man. Um, and so if you – some of the things he said was like, um, go F yourself. Um, uh, yeah, and just replying to one man, replying to someone else saying, uh, don't waste your time with this effing tart. Um, and then another saying something about a woman should have her fallopian tube tied and never have kids because she would bring people into this world that are like her. Just like really awful um, comments that the radio thought should not, this man should not have a platform and be influencing people because that would be kind of doing what Robert Spencer is doing and, and uh, the community would not stand for that. Um, I know I did some research on this Keith Hansen character and mm. he appears to be the way I research people on the right is I don't really look at what they say. I look at who they're connected mm. to and mm. he has very, very deep connections with the far right in Vermont. Actually, from what I've discovered, hit the, he's more connected to the far right in Vermont than most far right in Vermont people are. I'm not quite sure how this mm. is. I think yeah. something to do with, uh, he's, it seems like a 603 alliance and an 802 alliance have something to do with that. I haven't made mm. for sure, but this is a 802 alliance is this far right, um, group that wants to bring, uh, right wing Republicans in in Vermont. I would assume the wow. 603 alliance is similar. Wow. So, yeah, so I, yeah, I do. I don't know too much about uh, the history of uh, Keith Hansen, but just from this short interaction uh, with uh, what's been happening recently, that makes sense. So, what do you say to people who's, who who uh, criticize you and say you were uh, damaging his free speech? Yeah, I think um, that's an absolutely um, ridiculous argument. Uh, Free speech is is uh, free speech when it doesn't cause violence. Um, but when you have free speech that informs uh, white supremacists and has we have proof has influenced people to go out and and harm people, we shouldn't create room for this. Um, and uh, this is not when we're talking about free speech. We're talking about um, government allowing that, um, it does not mean as private entities and businesses, we should allow free speech. Um, we have every right to, to say that, um, we will not allow a platform, um, in our schools, in our private clubs, uh, for something like this. So, um, when people bring this argument of free speech, well, uh, I bring the argument that people also have a right not to cater um, to hate. And so, uh, free speech is, is something that, um, yeah, the government domain, but like, uh, it's also, uh, there's room for private actors to decide not to allow violence within their communities under the, the pretext of free speech. Um, I don't think it's free speech. I think it's violence. The one, the one area that's been difficult for those of us, myself included, that want to stop this hateful, violent speech is public venues like schools that receive federal funding. They often use mm. that fact to leverage the government argument. Can you discuss that at all? Uh, yeah, uh, I don't think schools should be bringing people like Robert Spencer uh, again, who is notorious for for um, uh, informing uh, violence uh, or violent actors. So it, it, it's tricky. It's tricky. It's, it's like, do we invite or do we allow someone to come into a school? I think the question is, why do we choose to invite certain people? And what does that say to those already marginalized in society and are seeking um, equity and equality um, when we're inviting uh, this kind of um, vitriol into our community. So it's, I know it's complicated, this 
thing about free speech, but um, when you bring in power dynamics, I think things become clearer. Uh, and um, this is not, uh, it kind of goes back to, you know, the Muslim cartoons and how, oh, that's freedom of speech. Oh, is it really when you have a group in power pushing for a certain view of people who are marginalized, who are being stepped on? Is that freedom of speech or is that bullying? Um, so I think the conversation isn't as black and white as um, people think it is. And we absolutely have to consider power um, in this conversation. Uh, and uh, are we bringing speakers in who will further cause inequity um, among marginalized communities? And if so, is that something that colleges um, should be partaking in? I have a friend who was uh, a uh she participated in the investigation of the war crimes in Bosnia. And the mm. way she talks about this, when we discuss this, is she says there is under the Treaty on Genocide, there's no, it's illegal to have speech that furthers a conspiracy to commit genocide. Do you believe mm. that this, um, this type of speech is if this was a conspiracy to commit genocide or to further genocide? Um, absolutely. And um, we can see that the proof is in the fact that it's one thing to say that it's possible that violence can happen. It's another to say violence did happen. And this man was connected to it when his me- his name is mentioned over 60 times. His work is cited over 112 times in this manifesto of a terrorist. So it no longer becomes uh, it can incite genocide. It has incited uh, mass violence. Um, and so then it becomes very clear it's not, um, oh, it can this, it has in the past, therefore we have a right to protect our communities from this kind of um, violent speech. Do you have anything more to say about the Spencer situation? or Is this connected to stuff like Horowitz coming to Dartmouth? Is this part of the same kind of theme? Yeah, um, I think that... I like that you connected that. Absolutely. I don't think this is going to be the last time that someone um, like Robert Spencer is invited to our communities. But I think uh, what happened is is an example of what happens when community comes together and says, no, this is not appropriate. Um, I feel very blessed and loved. And I think that is why the community rose up. Um uh, oh, sorry, I mentioned her name, but that's okay. Um, the person that was living in Grantham is very much loved, the Muslim woman, uh, and um, her community rallied behind her when she voiced um, being scared and terrified, having kids there and having this man speak in her community. Um, and so uh, we both are very vocal, and I wonder when we have communities who are marginalized and who aren't so vocal because of fear that being vocal puts them on the map. And when I say puts them on the map, therefore um, they can become a target. Uh, what happens then? Uh, and will community rise up and say, uh, this will not be tolerated in our in our backyard uh, or in our communities? I, I hope so. But I think this is an example of what can happen and what um, should happen when, when we have um, dangerous people coming into our community. What are the direct consequences of these people coming in? Can you give examples? Uh, well, as as it is right now, we're constantly having to talk about the negative stereotypes that are, are, are constantly bombarding us through images in the media, through movies, through books, through everything we read about, see or read about Muslims are negative. We are only 1% of the population in the United States, and we have people like Robert Spencer acting like we're taking over the United States. It goes back to the whole narrative of, you know, white people no longer being the majority and therefore we need to protect our country from this brown population or right, in which they'll, they'll term evil. Um, and so when people like Robert come into our communities, we're having to respond. So, for example, they did hold this event in a private location. Uh, 25 people showed up, including the Sullivan County uh, representative, I believe his name is Walter uh, something. So Walter writes in an email um, 
when somebody tags me on that email and I had to reply and here I am. I'm saying this is the labor I have to do because you decided to go to a very racist event. You're hearing all these negative um, things about uh, my people, right, about Muslims. And now I have to dispel all these rumors. And so I'm trying to see if I can get to my email so I can kind of like share what it is that he mentioned. So he he mentioned things like, um, you know, Islam, people think Islam is a, a religion of peace, but no, it's it's not. It really means submission and it's a belief that the entire world must subject to it. And I'm like, this is so untrue. And I reply to his email and explain to him the root word for Islam does mean salam. It's submitting to the will of Allah, not saying submit, the world needs to submit to Muslims. And so, um, and there were so many other things that I can send you if you'd like the email and my response to him because I was dumbfounded by this representative of um, of Sullivan County, uh, of Claremont, actually. Let me see if I can see uh, where it is that he, if you want to know exactly what, what district he represents. Yeah, so it's Sullivan County, District 5 in Claremont. So it's Claremont, yep. Uh, Ward 3, and his name is Walter A. Stapleton. But his email was um, extremely disturbing to me. Um, and here he is learning things about his members in his community, his Muslim members from a racist. And so to me, it's he really needs to um, do some education about uh, what Muslims in his community actually believe and, and practice versus what this man is telling him. Is he just representing Claremont or is it a larger area? Yeah. Um, so this man is, let me go back to that um, email. It is Claremont and it is Sullivan County. So it's just that Ward 3. That's, okay. and I could send you the email if you'd like because I'm, I'm totally shocked at, at, at what he said and I responded to every point, but all the labor, I literally slept like 3 a.m. that night trying to answer uh, a reply to his email because it was just so dangerous. I'd like to uh, have the email and I'll read it onto yeah. the record uh, after the interview is done so people can hear what this person is saying. Do you think you him at all in in debunking his um, the racist points that were in that that uh, presentation? I'm sorry. What was the question? Do you think you reached him? Did he act like he? Um, you had to say? <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, somebody replied that shared that email with me, and she said, "Wow, it seems like this is like an emotional thing." Um, and I hope things calm down. And then he replied to both of us and said, uh, "Yeah, I was gonna reply to your email, but I think I'm just gonna like take this woman's advice and just be calm and not." But this is unacceptable. <laughs> that's um, that's not okay. And people need to make sure that he gets some sort of um, uh, religious, cultural, ethnic, and um, racial bias training because he is in need of that for sure. My understanding of Claremont is that it's I, – I researched the far right, and I found member after member of uh, – of white supremacist gangs that live in Claremont. It seems like it's mm. almost an epicenter for this type of problem. Wow. And, of course, there was the incident with the child in the park. And yeah, exactly. And that's literally what I was talking about, still recovering from that. Um, and, and then uh, someone like this comes in to speak there. Um, yeah, so... So I live up near Newport, and I was looking through the Newport town meeting. I don't live in the town, city of Newport, but I found out a line item that the police in Newport had over $6,000 in income from something called Operation Stone Garden. Uh, hmm. Can you talk a little more about that? I don't know what that is. Um, that, that's that's the yeah. program where the Border Patrol deputizes local police. Oh, my gosh. That's really scary. Um, I know that one of the things that we're working on locally is to ensure that police are not collaborating with ICE. Um, I think 
one of the biggest issues in our country in general is just the the use of the security apparatus to to address our problems. And I think this is kind of an example of how um, uh, Border Patrol or ICE uh, police as well. You know, I know a lot of people like police, but that is also problematic. Uh, the fact that we are so reliant on security to fix our, our problems. And so one of the things we're working on uh, locally is to ensure that there's accountability because while at this current moment, many people are okay saying um, immigration customs enforcement and border patrol are dangerous but yet they are very careful not to criticize police. And our whole thing is if you don't want to criticize police, then you should at least be willing to hold them accountable. And one way to do that is to ensure that there's some sort of policy in place to make sure that they're not collaborating. Um, it is not enough that police are saying, in some in some cases, police are saying we don't collaborate. Um, and, and other places, for example, in Maine, they're openly co- collaborating. Right. And there's nobody stopping them and nobody um, causing an uproar in the community, whereas, you know, you hear it on the news or anything. But I'm sure there are always organizers uh, organizing, but it hasn't made too much of uh, of an uproar for people to start writing about it. Uh, but, yeah. And so it is quite dangerous. We also have our police departments, you know, being trained in Israel. Right. A terrorist country um, where they are racially profiling um the United Nations names them, um, you know, human rights violator. We have our police force going there, getting trained and coming back. Um, and so we have uh, all these different groups from our security apparatus, whether it's police, whether it's ICE, whether it's Border Patrol, whether it's the FBI and our military, right? And so we start, we really need to start questioning if you're too scared of the word abolish, then we really need to at least move to a place where where we're less reliant on them and we're decreasing money in all those departments. And Newport activists have criticized the town council. They've been nice. They've been nasty. They want to pressure them, but it seems like whether it's with getting money from the border patrol or there's a local landfill up here that had been uh, dumping up, a toxic leachate through the uh, wow. water processing system. They they'll take this money, whether it's ethical or not. Wow. How can we make pressure to bear on them that will actually embarrass the town to actually make a change? Do you have any advice for people yeah. around here? Uh, yeah, yeah. People have to absolutely organize, and and some people are organizing. But to tell you the truth. We are not going to get to a transformative, to transformative society if we're not pushing beyond meetings. Like, okay, you've met, you've sat, they're not listening. That doesn't mean it ends. You need to go out there and do rallies and voice our voices in a way that forces people to listen because I'm sorry to say meetings don't always work. Um, I'm not saying don't meet, do meet. But it doesn't end there. And so when you see people like us putting our bodies on the line, that is also a form of pressure, right? And so a legitimate form of pressure. When we close streets and say, you will listen to me, that is power. Um, And so when you have power looking at our police chiefs and listening to them, looking at corporations and listening to them, we also have power. Our bodies are also power. And so um, it is okay. We need to get to a place to say it is okay when we say, you know what, this time you're going to listen to us. They may have money power, but we have people power. Uh, and so I guess just to push organizers to don't end with meetings, do your meetings, do your phone calls, but it doesn't end there. Um, if we're really serious about this, we need to follow the legacy of those who have put their bodies. And when I say put our bodies, um, it does mean um, sitting down and not leaving. It does mean shutting a street down and saying, this is how important this is to us. We will not be ignored, right? And so I'm hoping that people realize that uh, in order to, to really transform, power won't concede its power unless there's other power um, uh, countering it. And our bodies is one way to do that.
I was there when you blocked the street in White River Junction. I noticed something interesting about the court cases. I know the all the arraignments were made confidential or restricted. Do you know why this was done? I don't know. Um, I did have my court case um, on October 8th. I believe that was yesterday. Yes. Um, yeah, and um, they gave us diversion. Um, and in diversion, we will do something called the healing circle. Um, I'm quite excited about this because, to me, this gives me an opportunity to educate those in the healing circle about why we did what we did. And they're under the assumption that police did a great job and they need to understand that that wasn't, in fact, what happened, and that I was tackled to the ground by four police officers. Um, and so how is that they did a good job? And uh, just talk to them about the need to ensure police accountability. Um, otherwise, they can't um, expect trust between community members uh, unless we are making sure that police are accountable, which means policies to ensure that they are accountable. They don't have this ability to to do whatever they want without being you know you know without somebody keeping them in check and ultimately we'll get to a place where we realize we really don't need police and we can solve our problems through other means like so many other people do and have done and are doing currently at the moment that's what we're looking for a better society right so um i will read those emails into this interview later is there anything else you would like to add or have you said what you need to say about this? Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, I just want to thank you. Thank you for um, giving us a platform where uh, we don't get this um, time, uh, airtime and other avenues. So um, I really appreciate that you've created this forum for those voices that uh, are oftentimes ignored, um, but yet, uh, very much are a part of trying to create better societies. So um, thank you so much. You're very welcome. It was a pleasure to have you on on uh, the show again. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Have, have a great rest of your day. Thanks. Begin original email from Ozma regarding Spencer. From Ozma Elhuni, date Friday, October 4th, 2019, 1045. Subject, Action Alert Today, Support Muslims Against Anti-Muslim Racism in Upper Valley. On Friday, today, an anti-Muslim racist by the name of Robert Spencer was invited by the Sullivan County GOP to speak at the Elks Lodge in Claremont after being canceled to speak at Eastman in Grantham. Robert Spencer's work is cited 116 times in the manifesto of a white supremacist who mass-murdered 70 Muslims while they prayed. He was also mentioned by name over 60 times in this manifesto. His hateful rhetoric is so dangerous that the UK has banned Robert Spencer from going to their country based on his extremism. We are holding an event entitled Solidarity and Support for Our Muslim Community at 5.30 outside the Elks Lodge in Claremont. Please come out and show support. We will sing songs and show love and support to our Muslim siblings. Location, 54 Summer Street, Claremont. Time, 5.30. And there is a Facebook link. Below are some other things you can do. Come out to the event to support the Muslim community, as mentioned above. Two, call the Elks and demand that they cancel this event as soon as possible. Below is a script you can use that someone created for this purpose. Hello, my name is blank. I'm asking that the Claremont Elks cancel the upcoming Sullivan County Republican Party event to be held this evening. This event is scheduled to feature Robert Spencer. Spencer is an anti-Muslim extremist who has been banned from traveling to the United Kingdom due to his hate-filled rhetoric against Muslims. The Southern Poverty Law Center lists him among the top anti-Muslim extremists and propagandists in our country in support of our Muslim friends and neighbors in Claremont and New Hampshire in general. Please cancel this event as soon as possible. Thank you. Three, you can write to the, all the state representatives, state senators, city council members, city manager, and mayor, and demand that they speak out against this hate. Four, 
contact Senator Ruth Ward from Sullivan County, who is supposed to be attending this event, and ask her why or how she can support such hatred. It lists Ruth Ward's email address and phone number, and there are a number of other people to call and venues. Subject, Action Alert Today, Support Muslims Against Anti-Muslim Racism in Claremont. Date, Friday 4th of October 2019, at 11.23.39. From Richard Davenport to Reb 178. A number of other people were CC'd in this big CC list. Hello, RHWG friends. I am surprised and disappointed that... SCGOP, Sullivan County GOP, would invite this guest speaker to our community. Is this who we are? When someone shows who they are, believe them the first time. Maya Angelou. Peace, the Reverend Richard Davenport, Rector, Trinity Prince of Peace, Union, St. Luke's. Begin a forwarded email from Reb or Rebecca. Walt, I found two disturbing websites that talked about Robert Spencer's anti-Muslim work. I don't consider this web search the definitive authority on Robert Spencer. However, what I read was not complimentary of his work. Please consider how this information might feel to Asma Elhuni, a community organizer with Upper Valley Interfaith Project. Anti-Muslim thinking and actions continue to reign terror on the Muslim community. We must be sensitive to the messaging we communicate in our community to prevent any actions of hate. Please communicate with your GOP leadership about this unfortunate message to Muslim families in our midst. We need to be careful to plant the seeds of goodwill and love, not suspicion and hate. There's too much of the latter that has ended in tragedy for the innocent. If you or your leadership decide to contact Asma Elhuni, please emphasize you meant no harm. She must feel frightened about the thought of this event in her region, as would her Muslim friends. Please, thank you for considering this message. Please pass it on. Rep. Begin Asma response to Walter Stapleton. On Sunday, October 6th of October 2019, Asma Elhuni from United Valley Interfaith Project wrote, Dear Reb, thank you for your reply to Representative Walter Stapleton. Below is my response to his disturbing email. This is exactly why people should not be learning anything from this dangerous man, meaning Robert Spencer. My responses are in red. Walter Stapleton wrote, Yes, the Sullivan County GOP did invite Robert Spencer to to speak. I attended the event, and it was very informative and enlightening program, not at all like the extreme hype that the irrational concern assumed. Mr. Spencer spoke on the Quran, the Hadith, and the Sunnah, and how they inform the components of Sharia law. Asma Elhuni writing, Did Robert Spencer mention that Sharia law is interpretations of these three bodies of Islamic knowledge and that no one agreed upon Sharia law? Therefore, the interpretations that Robert Spencer decides to present is merely a reflection of his bias and the need to promote a certain kind of Islam that promotes his agenda of creating hate and fear towards Muslims, presented as knowledge and scholarship that fill his pockets. Walt Stapleton writing, I have read the Quran a couple times so I could tell that Mr. Spencer was well-versed and accurate in this subject. Asma Elhuni writing, Oh, I did not know that Representative Walter Stapleton can read, speak, and understand Arabic. The Quran is in Arabic. If he is reading the Quran in English, he basically only reading an interpretation of the Quran. Walt Stapleton writing, There was no vile venom, vitriol, or hatred expressed against Muslims, and in his record he has never brought brushed Muslim people with the radical jihadist emblem. Asma Elhuni writing, Actually, Robert Spencer is an anti-Muslim racist. He has a well-known track record 
for distorting events and looking for stories that promote a fear and hatred of Muslims. The Southern Poverty Law Center, who monitors hate groups, says this about Robert Spencer. Spencer is one of the most prolific anti-Muslim figures in the United States. An incessant blogger, author, and activist, he insists, despite his lack of academic training in Islam, that the religion is inherently violent and that extremists who commit acts of terror are simply following its most authentic version. His writing has was cited dozens of times in a manifesto written by the Norwegian terrorist Anders Breivik. Spencer was banned from the United Kingdom as an extremist in July 2013. Walt Stapleton writing, He does point out, however, that the seeds of Islam, Islamic terrorism, arise out of certain surahs or chapters of the Quran and an historic animus against Christians and Jews. Asma El-Huni writing, One could take any verse from any religious tradition and find extreme problems in them. Taken out of context, verses can be used not only by extremists like ISIS to promote their hateful agenda, but also by extremists like Robert Spencer. ISIS and Robert Spencer should have tea. They have more in common with each other than most Muslims have with them. Walter Stapleton writing, Now I know the myth about Islam meaning religion of peace, but Islam really means submission, and its belief is that the entire world must be subject to it. Asma El-Huni writing, Good try, but you're off a bit. The Arabic word for Islam is LM, which means submission. Muslims believe that they achieve peace by submitting to the will of Allah. Allah is just an Arabic word for God. Here is a verse from the Quran. Pay attention to the last word in the verse, 2 136. Say, Muslims, we believe in Allah, and that which is revealed to us, and that which has been revealed to Abraham, Ishmael, and Isaac, and Jacob, and the tribes, and that which Moses and Jesus received, and that which the prophets received from the Lord, from their Lord. We, we must make no distinction, distinction between any of them. And to Allah we have surrendered. Arabic, Muslimun, which means surrendered. Walt Sableton writing, When the British outlawed the Caliphate in Egypt in 1923, a prominent Muslim leader, Hajamin el Husayn al-Husseini, the Grand Mufti of Jerusalem, worked to form the Muslim Brotherhood in 1928 and then signed it with Hitler in the 1930s for the destruction of the Jews. Hitler had Muslim SS and infantry units as part of his military. Asma El-Huni writing, Oh Lord, Rob, Representative Walter Stapleton, do I really need to explain how problematic it is that you have to dig into history to search for problematic Muslims to prove what, exactly? That Muslims are all awful based on a history of a mufti that most Muslims around the world don't even know about, nonetheless follow? Walt Stapleton writing, Anyway, it was a history lesson that the liberal media will not talk about, nor will it be found in the current generation of history textbooks. Asma Al-Huni writing, While we are at it, how about what Representative Walter uh, Stapleton acknowledged that according to research, the media has for the most part continuously shared mostly negative images of Islam and Muslims because sensational stories sell, while our history textbooks totally erase the contribution of Muslims that we all benefit from. Let's face Muslims contributed greatly to medicine, science, time, astrology, geography, math, art, etc. This is uh, Stapleton. Disturbing how so many people came out against this event without investigating the author or the subject. In fact, one individual confused Mr. Spencer with a Richard Spencer, a renowned neo-Nazi and white supremacist. There are two distinct individuals. Robert Spencer is not a Nazi or a racist. That was Walter Stapleton speak, writing again. Asma Alhuni writing. 
Representative Walter Stapleton, Robert and Richard Spencer are both very racist. People have investigated. Either Representative Walter Stapleton didn't investigate this man before attending his event, or he investigated him and still decided to go, which should be alarming to all of us. Let's hope Representative Walter Stapleton did not know that Robert Spencer was quoted in Norwegian white supremacist mass murders manifesto over dozens of times before he killed over 60 Muslims, Walt Stapleton writing. Mr. Spencer has just published a new book, The History of Jihad from Muhammad to ISIS. It probably should be read before being criticized. Mr. Spencer is the director of the website Jihad Watch. You can view it to form your own opinion. Asma Alhuni writing. One must ask why Representative Walter Stapleton would be promoting Robert Spencer's works. All the books and articles this man has written is an attack on Islam and Muslims. But let's give hate a chance. Walt Stapleton writing. By the way, just who is Asma Alhuni, author of this alarmist email below, and what is her agenda? Asma Alhuni writing. Asma Elhuni is a proud Muslim woman who loves her faith and knows Muslims have a right to dignity, happiness, and to be afforded the same humanity that all human beings are deserving of, including the right to practice their faith and safety. And here's the last email from Walt Stapleton. I would hope that Mr. That Representative Stapleton has learned something from this, but only time will tell. From Walt Stapleton, date October 6, 2019 at 9.19 p.m. To Reverend Jim, C.C. Azna Subject, Action Alert Today. Thank you, Rebecca. Please do not be distressed. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. Matthew 5, 9. I was thinking about a response, but I like yours better. So for the time being, this will be sufficient. Assalamu alaikum, Asma. Now, with Reb's suggestion, I believe I will relax a bit. Walt. If you like Vermont Movement News, please consider giving a donation to pay for new equipment and web hosting. We would very much like to purchase better equipment and possibly an additional computer system for our studio. We can accept donations through our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash vermontmovementnews. Well, that about wraps up this episode of Vermont Movement News. I hope you enjoyed it. You can visit our website at www.vermontmovementnews.org. We are available on Blueberry, Google Play Music, iTunes, and other directories. We hope to add other platforms soon. Thank you.